Are you tired of hiding your smile around people? Well, guess what? Smile Direct Club has your back and front teeth. Now go to their official website at smiledirectclub.com to start your smile journey today. Smile Direct Club, invisible aligners delivered to you at a price you can smile about. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Endless Weekend Podcast. It is uh, March 25th. We're almost done with this goddamn month, thank God. And it's a beautiful day, you know. Um, so, um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a whole fucking week since I uh, did one of these, and I've been uh, scratching and itching to do another one. It's just, it's just something I like to do, part of my free time. Now, uh... Yeah, uh, listens are uh, up there. It's cool. Uh, we're chilling. We're coasting. You know, and I'm enjoying this. Now, uh, this podcast that we're going to be talking about is uh, it's about just being independent and uh, you know doing stuff alone and not in group of people, but just by yourself. You know what I mean? Sometimes you have to be independent in this world. Um, you know, it's it's. It's a one-player world, man. Sometimes you don't get that player two or player three or player four. You know, ain't no co-op going on in this world. So, you know, sometimes you have to work alone, act alone, that lone wolf, you know. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's what I, I touch on in this podcast. So uh, I hope you guys enjoy. We better fucking enjoy. Either way, just listen to it. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Endless Weekend Podcast. Endless Weekend Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Endless Weekend Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Rondrick Vaughn, um, and I like to, um, you know, just get some oatmeal and fill my bathtub up with it and ba- uh, bathe in it. Uh, only the elite human beings do that. Uh, the top uh, 0.5% of people do it. They also get up at three o'clock in the morning and begin their their day, and that's exactly what I do. Um, and now I have uh, two Ferraris and uh, I have some AirPods. I have an Apple Watch, of an iPad. I have a Tesla. Um, you know, all from waking up at three o'clock in the morning and bathing in oatmeal. Thank you. You're welcome for this advice, and you may use it. As you will. I bless you with the power. <laughs> What's up, guys? I'm back, and I'm not high this time. Kinda. Maybe. Um, so, I just wanted to talk about one thing. Even though, you know, every podcast has a topic, and we never stick to it, because that's just how this podcast is gonna do. B. Do B. Whatever. Um, so, I mean, I wanted to talk about, you know, being independent, you know, independent lady, that independent black woman, you know what I mean? Um, just, uh, it's, it's a good topic, I think. I think we can really do this. Um, so, you know, like, there's a lot of people I hear that, um, that say they're independent, but they're not really independent. I mean, what you can my my um, 
you know, what I think of when I hear the word independent is, uh, you know, someone that worked as hard as they can by themselves to reach a certain point that they are in life. And um, that's independence. But also, you know, there's some people that would take the word independence and, and say that, oh, no, you know, me moving out and having my parents pay my rent is independent because I'm living on my own, you know, and, but you also, you know, like my first, my my first time, I, all right, let's just, fuck it, let's just start off with this. Um, my independence started around, uh, I would say 14, 15, uh, my mom, you know, you know, she was raising six kids. And she also had a house that she had to take care of. You know, she had just bought this new house, um, you know, in Clovis, in the in the in a better area of uh, Clovis, whatever. Uh, coming from, you know, we a little hoodlum kids. You know what I mean? Like, we grew up on the west side, west west side. You know, we like I said, if you listen to previous podcasts, you know, friends died, friends, you know, injured in shootings, all this. You know, like the the west west. You know what I mean? And so this environment, like when we first knew that she got the house and um, we heard that we we're going to be moving to Clovis and Fresno, Clovis to look down upon. All they think of is I've to be, look when I growing up, I have never met a white person, but teachers. It was only teachers. It was no adult white people in our neighborhood. It was we grew up with Asians, Hmongs, Mexicans and black people, maybe a little uh, and that, that's pretty much it. Mongs, Mexicans, and black people. We had the Indian, you know, it was an Indian Punjabi guy that, you know, the ice cream man, you know what I mean? That was that was the first Indian I really seen. He was cool as hell, you know? Uh, he would, you know, we would pay him in food stamps to get ice cream off the ice cream truck. That's how we were, that we were struggling that bad. That's how hood we were, you know? Um, so, you know, not growing up with white people, I don't know what they expect. I... What I learned from white people was watching TV, and that's pretty much it. Just watching TV and movies, and that's what was my, um, you know, my perspective on white people. And when we first heard we were moving to Clovis, that she got a house in Clovis, you know, like all the West Side kids got on us about it. You know, you're going with the white people, you know, oh, this is this and that, this and that, this and that. But it was weird because it was this dude named Steven Chavez that moved to Clovis before us, and they didn't really give him no hassle about it. You know, so I don't, I don't, it's kind of weird, you know, but, um, you know, it was, it was, that right there was just a big move. It was a big fucking step. Not saying it was a bad step, but it was a big step to, it's life changing because, you know, we went to, we were going to school with, you know, these, all these little kids that we can relate to grew up in the same area uh, had the same, almost the same problems, if not worse, you know, um, just, you know, people you, you, you grew, it was people we grew up with. So taking me out of that environment where, uh, you know, I was allowed to talk a certain way, be a certain person, uh, whatever teachers didn't really care. They just like, well, fuck it. You're going to feel you, you. We already know where you're headed in life. You know what I mean? Why, why teachers? That's what the teacher had. That's the teacher. That's the attitude our teachers had. Um, towards us, so we went from going into uh, from middle school to another middle school. So we moved seventh grade and eighth grade year. We finished out seventh grade, uh, 
in eighth grade year, we uh, we moved over to Clovis, and it was fucking wild. The first day, we got in trouble because we had designs in our head. You know how, like, niggas that get swooshes or whatever, little wigglies uh, inside their head, you know? Um, we had that the first day, and I was wearing earrings, big-ass T-shirt, because that's when I was in my little, you know, uh, Bay Area phase, you know what I mean? Listening to Mac Dre, The Federation, Kick the Sneak, E-40, you know, all the good shit, you know what I mean? And uh, they didn't like that too much in Clovis. The first day, they told me to tuck my shirt in, pull my pants up, and I had to, t- had to surrender my... Uh, uh, earrings over to the principal, vice principal, whatever he was, whatever his title was. Um, and also the next day we would have to have, uh, to get our hair cut because of designs in our head. So that was a rough day. I mean, only cool thing about it is all the black people, they all hung out. It was only like five other black people, including me, my brother and, uh, my other brother, um, so they all came up to us, asked us we're in sports, whatever, whatever. Uh, you know, the, the average question another black, two black people would ask each other. You know, you in sports? Are you ball? Are you what you do? What's up? You know, and I was I was like whatever with sports. So I was just nah, whatever. We just chill. You know what I mean? Uh, just you know, drive-bys maybe. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, some uh, identity theft maybe. You talk about that kind of balling, you know, I'm trying to ball out during tax season, get a couple of those uh, social security numbers, boy, game, nigga. You know what I mean? I didn't understand what balling was talking about. But, you know, once we found out, once I found out it was about sports, I kind of just moved on, whatever. But my little brother, you know, he was interested in that bull. But it it was just a big, it was a big jump in a, in a different direction. It was just wild. You know, it was hard to really connect with people. I mean, you had a bunch of white people that wanted to be black or wanted to be seen with the black people. Those are, but I already knew they were suck ups. You know, they just wanted, they just want to appropriate our culture. You know how white people are. They just, they, they learn it. They learn, they're going to learn the culture. Then they take that shit over. Look at Taco Bell. It was voted the, the number one Mexican joint in America. God damn, boy, that's disrespectful. If I was a Mexican, I would have shot the owner up. If he's dead, shot his daughter, killed his cat, murdered his lizard, some shit, you know what I mean? That's just disrespectful my culture. You ain't going to, I mean, my culture, no, we're never going to get into that. But, you know, moving to this different environment, it was hard to make friends and hard to do all this stuff, whatever, just to be an average teenager or a preteen or whatever. But moving on to high school, you know, I already developed friendship. Well, in between that, I moved to Vegas with my dad for a year, and that shit was... uh fuck, you know, let's just say we got into, each of my brothers fought my dad at least one time while we out there, while we were out there under his uh, watch, you know, so you tell how that went, and when we first went, the first four months that uh, we were out there, we were just with his, uh, his uh, ex, I don't know if it was his wife at his time or just his girlfriend, but we were with, living with her, she put us in school, she, you know, did all this stuff, but he was in jail, the first five months that we were in Vegas. Uh, so I don't know what was up with that. I was trying to dip uh, the whole time. So I really didn't, you know. But in between that, we came back to Clovis. This was fresh, sophomore year. It, half of freshman year. Halfway through freshman year, we, we went over to Clovis High, which is back to this white town that uh, that I uh, moved to. 
And it was just, you know, like, in Vegas, we went back to a ghetto school. It was just like kind of like the, I don't know what side of Vegas it was, you know, uh, Shadow Ridge High School, look it up, you know. It was a pretty bad school. It had fucking metal detectors, cameras. It was an inside school. It's weird because uh, in my town where I'm from, we don't have inside schools. The only inside school I know of is Fred, is uh, Sunnyside, and that's really not even like a fully integral inside school. Inside school is having the gym inside inside and also having all of the classes in one building or two separate buildings. That's kind of how my school was. Is you had, you know, the dean office in the middle and all around the dean office was uh, upstairs and downstairs with just different classes. Lockers were inside. Everything was inside. And even the gym had an inside gym that we go into another gym and shit. It's all inside, you know. Uh, so it was just weird. Uh, but it was ghetto as fuck. You know, it, I would go into the bathroom and just smell like weed, niggas be doing coke, like just fucked up school, you know. Um, so it, I felt com- kind of comfortable there, you know, got into a couple fights or whatever. I felt comfortable there. It was the people I grew up with. But then I moved back to Clovis with all, you know, these are people that's just developed. It's teenagers now, you know, you're dealing with hormones and, and fucking sex and, uh, racism, all this stuff in one, you know, when you move to a white school, you know, you got, you got to watch out because niggas shooting up schools and shit now, you know, you have that in black schools, you get, you get the parking lot shot up, but not the school, you know, uh, but you know, it, it's so many other negative things that come with, <laughs> that came with this new lifestyle and people that I was around, you know, and now I have a, a spending habit that's, uh, incredible you know i can never stay out of negatives it's because i moved to clovis that's exactly no one taught me how to manage money my mom was too busy to do that i didn't have a you know not my dad wasn't around to teach us and same thing with credit fuck that up as soon as i turned 18 boy because no one taught me about that how schooling california schooling system is just uh just a little weird you know um but none uh but none of that uh you know, I went there, and uh, my mom was always busy, so we would have to sign ourselves up for dances, anything that had to do, like, after-school shit, we would have to sign up for ourselves, you know, for that sig, for that signature, you know, as we, you know, in, uh, in, uh, where I'm from, you know, we call it a little bit of identity theft, you know, that was the, that was the intro to identity theft, you know, to really, uh, introduce us to, you know, the first steps of being, you know, becoming a good person to take identities, you know what I mean? Like a spy or something, you know, like a, a, a ditto from Pokemon or a, a ninja or something, some shit, you know? So we'd have to do that because she was too, way too busy to pay attention to us. And, uh, you know, that's why I think I started really developing like my independency right there. You know, I started being more independent because now I'm going to sports that it was just me, none of my brothers there. Classes, after school classes, start to go on dates, you know what I mean? Start to hang out with friends, kind of like by myself. And also, like, you know, I went to a phase where uh, I just needed to be around somebody, you know? And I, that's what I have my twin brother for, but it was just more than that. And I feel like that's when... uh. I really kept that feeling of like uh, I would never I would always run to God but to everything but I have my ups and downs with religion and um, 
you know, it's been periods of time where I didn't believe in God at all. I mean, I believe it's always there, but it's just I questioned it and I didn't want to accept it. But now I'm in a place where kind of like in a mutual feeling. Uh, but at that time, I would run to God about everything, you know, pray, like just just praying for this blind, like just just something. It wasn't even anything specific, but I knew it had to do with something like being more independent. Like I didn't want to be that clingy kid. You know, I wanted to be like strong and a leader, you know. And uh, so I think that's where like fifth, 15, 16 is when I really started developing that to be independent. So, you know, around 17 is where uh, I started being more rebellious to, toward, I think no, it was 16 when I started being more rebellious to the wall because I punched a hole in the fucking wall. Like, the house we we had was, you know, a two-story, nice-ass area, nice backyard, nice house, you know. Uh, and, you know, we, we just didn't, as teenagers, we just didn't give a fuck. We didn't understand that my mom, you know, as a single mom was, uh, doing all this stuff independently, you know, until I started paying attention to it. You know, one day her car broke down. She cried because it's hard to just go out and get another car. I've seen people, I've seen some of my white friends or, you know, people I've met that if they car break down, if their car broke down, their parents is at the lot with them either the same day or the next day or two days after that or within a week, you know, for someone that grew up with the income that my mom had, you know, raising us with six kids, you know, um, she couldn't do that. You know, she would have to get a rental car and that would run up, run up for months and months and months and months and weeks or months, days, whatever, you know, it would run her up and pretty much break her to the point where we would have to, you know, ask my grandma for help or, you know, she was lending borrow money so once I started to see like the real struggle of like being an adult you know and then she would talk she would you know she was really uh proud about how independent she is and being able to do so much compared to a lot of people that we grew up with you know their parents um you know it, it made her happy and uh it was no way for us to uh, help out at that time you know we couldn't really get a job all the schools kept denying our requests to go to the job you know we would go and do this stuff, and try to get jobs, but it just didn't work, to just surprise her, but we were underage, and a lot of people didn't want to work with the school schedule, and then the school also didn't want to work either, because they're fucking little pussy heads, but, you know, and so around 17, once she told us that we're, uh, she had a stalker, and some shit happened, so we had to move out, well, we moved to Madeira, which she got her other house, um, and senior year, it was just us. I prayed for right the independentness to be independent, and I got that shit because it was literally just us. We went to school, didn't know anybody, just end up leaving the high school and going to adult school, and just finishing out through there. So independently, we did that. We went to, I went to the classes, uh, you know, and. Did it all by myself. Did it on school. You know, I went to class for an hour and did all the homework and stuff online or whatever. Also got my first job senior year. So I was working and going to school at the same time. Um, that summer I went to college in Monterey, came back, did sales, which is, you know, you're independent also, you know, door-to-door sales where it's just you and the customer. So I had to learn and that was another way of, teach me how to be independent. Then I moved out by myself, 
this actually moved out senior year. Half of the school year, me and my brother and my cousin got an apartment. You know, so I was working and going to school and managing an apartment at the age of 18. Um, so we left. The, I left that apartment, went to college, came back into town, got a sales job that I worked for three years independently, knocking on doors fucking every day except for Sunday for three years. I mean, I took a couple of days off in between that, but... You know, mm, compare it, you know what I mean? For a handful of days compared to this motherfucking sack load of days, you know? But a lot of people, you know, it's... When I tell people that story of me moving out 18, a lot of people don't believe that. Especially a lot of these white people. Um, they're just like, no, that's fucking stupid. You couldn't even support yourself at 18. But that's just their, you know, that that is a negative way of uh, fucking thinking. You know, anybody can support their way. It's people, it's kids out there that leave their parents at seventeen, and ten years later, when they go to they go see their parents, they're doing much better than their parents. You know, because they lived independently. I don't know what it's called where um, you can legally determine yourself an adult at seventeen. And you can leave your parents and do your own thing. But it's, it's stories. If you look it up on Google, it's stories of kids leaving their pa- shitty lives at 17 or whatever and coming back and made way more money than both their parents combined in the last 10 years. That's independent. If you, I don't know what a better motherfucking story to explain independent, but uh, that's one of them. But, you know, it's also, you know, a lot of people like to be babied and carried and live with their... I don't. I would never knock anybody for living with their parents because also, um, it's fucking hard living on your living by yourself too. You know, I've been living on my by myself since I was eighteen. Fucking couch, like it was. It was a time where I was struggling too. You know, sleeping on people's couches, moving into other people's apartments. You know, just taking up leases just just for two three months just because. It was fucking tough, man. Then I got identity theft by a family member, and that fucked me even harder. You know, and I had to do this literally all by myself, independently doing this. And then I have, you know, I would meet people over the, you know, over the time where they don't pay their own phone bill. They don't pay their own car note. They don't pay their insurance. They don't pay their own rent. They're just living at their parents' house. They have a job, but they're just living at their parents' house, just feeding off their parents, literally living off their parents. And, um, and, you know, they have the right to say, or they have the nerve to say, oh man, how come you don't have a phone? What? Everybody has phones these days. Oh, why are you sleeping on somebody else's couch? How come you don't have your own apartment? You know, it's fucking wild how people can just not even see the position. They don't even ask what's going on. They don't ask... If, uh, you know, if you're having a hard time, they just just assume that you're doing all this shit on purpose. Like, like it's not, it's, it's fucking, like, it's a fucking choice, you know? Like, I'm choosing to live this life. Or, you know, or I'm choosing to just go through the struggle at the time. So, um, you know, I don't know, it's, I mean, I, my... My definition, I mean, my perspective on independent is working to get somewhere you want to be. 
I'm working to get somewhere I want to be. And I'm I'm glad I'm out of those struggling days. I mean, even though I do have some of those days from time to time, you know, um, I appreciate I appreciate everything I I work for. I can I can, you know, go out and say, you know, have this iPhone or have an iPad, have a car, have, you know, you know, some nice shoes or whatever and happily say, you know, I made that or I earned that myself. I earned that. No one bought this for me. I went out, made the money and I earned it. There's a lot of people that cannot say that they can't say they pay their own phone bill. They can't say they put their own gas. They cannot say their car is in their name. They can't even say that their fucking house or apartment is in their name. It's all parents doing. I mean, it's cool if you get help from a parent, you know, a little cosigner or something. But not... Don't be out here flexing as if you're doing all this shit yourself. That's why I'm not impressed by half these niggas. Because I know y'all situations. Don't try to flex on me. I know your situation. You know what I mean? You at your mom's house jacking off, living there for free. And you're going to tell me, oh, look at my new car that I just bought. Okay, bitch. Am I I supposed to be impressed, bitch? Let me see you in two weeks and go to the same gas station at the same time as you there. And I want to see who bank card you're using. If it's yours, I'll be impressed buddy, you know, and it's, it's a bunch of, a bunch of phonies out here with AirPods too, you know, they, they, talking about they're independent, they can't hear broke people, half of y'all either stole those, found them at a gym, or used the last of your motherfucking check that you needed for PG&E, water, or something, and bought those irresponsibly. I worked hard for my AirPods. That's why they, I enjoy them so much. Take shits, showers, shaving, working. You know, if I wanna, if I wanna hop on the old mower and uh, cut some grass, I do that too with the AirPods in. Business calls, <laughs> insulting friends. I call my friends. I call my friends. I call as soon as they answer. Hold on, I'm switching over to my AirPods. I don't call them for nothing, just to flex on them like that, you know? It's fun. And I did that to about four or five, six, seven, eight friends, nine, ten of my friends. Just do it. Just do it. That's what I, That's how I feel. Just like I'm bored, I'm just going to fucking go flex. Because I know I work for this, you know? It's money that I earned and I uh, treated myself. You know, it's going to be the same thing with, you know, I got, I got a car and then get in a house. I'm gonna flex on my friends all the time about that too. They're gonna get pictures every day for a year. When I first when I buy my first house, every day, every morning, they're just gonna be like, what the fuck? They're gonna have to block me, bro. You know, and I'll just buy another phone and uh send them messages from there. And on and on, because I appreciate how hard I work nowadays. No, I'm just lying, nigga. I rob banks for a living. <laughs> but, uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, none of this is truth. None of this is truth. Uh, I really don't even have AirPods. Um, I just got the old iPhone headphones or AirPods, Air fucking, where they're called, and uh, cut them. 
and I found a little plastic white case that I put, now I, I clean that I have AirPods. I don't even know how I'm recording this podcast. I'm at McDonald's right now using the internet. Usually it's slow, but the days I come to record this podcast isn't. Whatever. Let's be independent though, man. I mean, I understand the kids that, uh, not the kids, but the people that's going to school, you know, going to university and, you know, still living at home. And, um, I mean, you're gonna, they're going to be in debt anyway, so just let them chill. But there's a lot of kids that are just not paying rent and just living at their parents' house. And then, you know, you'll see them at uh, Bobby Salazar's on the weekend just, you know, throwing money. Or buying expensive food. But then, you know, you pass by their house and you see their mom outside cutting the lawn. You know, uh, instead of paying someone else to do it for her. I mean, she could just be having her son. You, That's his job. He living there for free? Oh, hell, and my mom would have beat the fuck out of me, my dude. I would have been the ER, boy, on life support. I don't think he's going to make it. Uh, you uh caved in his brain on the right side. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be retarded for the rest of his life. That's what I would hear when I was in comas back in the day from getting my eyes beat for not doing shit I wasn't supposed for not doing shit I was supposed to do. You ever just uh, when your mom tell you to, uh, hey, uh, pull out some chicken, uh, defrost it before I get home from work, and you stay on Call of Duty all motherfucking day, all day. And you just hear that garage, that the mechanical garage, or you just hear that car pull up with the music, game boy, game. I don't think I ever defrosted chicken so fast in my fucking life. What I would do is I would just go rip them out of a little foam plastic container or whatever it was in, and break them apart, put them in a sink, just run hot water and just rub my hands against them. Two minutes, my mom go to her room, use a bathroom, whatever, change. Two minutes, boy, look like it was, it's was. it been sitting out for a good two hours. Good two hours. But, you know, sometimes she would tell, beat the fuck out of me, out of us. My mom, you know, she got to work. I thought that was her workout, was just beating us. She would, you know, she had six kids, and just one by one. Youngest to oldest, you know, I would laugh at every sibling as I walked them, as I w- watched them walk past with tears in their eyes. And then once I realized I was next, it was fucked, boy. Fucked, boy. And I was the type of dude that, uh, you know, sit there and just, just do it already. And then she would want to talk to you, you know. Give you, she's giving you the reason why she's beating the fuck out of you, but you heard it six other, you heard it five other times because she's telling the same thing to each of your uh, siblings, but then you get your own little special message at the end, you know. So I told y'all to clean up the goddamn house, and y'all didn't listen. Now y'all getting your ass whooped, and I heard, you know, here's your, your personal message, and I heard your goddamn teacher called in today. You thought I wasn't gonna get it? Your ass is dumb here, and you just that's when the ass whooping start. And, you know, she talks to you why she whooping your ass. I don't want to do this shit, but your motherfuckers don't listen. You probably listen after this. You know, and that's why, you know, 
that's the thing. That's one thing that uh, taught me to be independent. Also, to just do shit. I didn't want to get my ass whooped. I still have nightmares about those days. Just getting whooped. Have you ever got? You ever got fucking? You sleeping and just you know you just wake up to ass whooping. Those are those. That's the type of mom my mom was. We would uh try to sleep. Act like when we hear the garage or something, my room was above the garage. We would all be chilling in my room. All the garage. We knew we fucked up that day. We did something she was going to notice. Break something or just something at school. So as soon as that garage started going up, we, they would all run to their own room. I would hide in my bed. Act like I was asleep. Because she would get off pretty late, like 9-ish, whatever. But she didn't give a fuck, boy. She'd get home, check the voicemail. Game over. Get home, look in the you know, look in the living room or the kitchen or something, and something's broken. Game over, boy. Hear her coming up the stairs. Doom, doom, doom. You already know what's about to happen. Beat your ass awake. It'll be sometimes where I'll be really sleeping and then just wake up to a ah, 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 ah. You know, you low key have a little seizure. You look her in the eye. Or you can see if her her little silhouette, like a demon beating your ass. She brought your eyes back to life, or you try to take over your body. You try, you astral project out of your body. That's she would beat us into the demon realm, bro. Like it just, she punched so hard. Like it just, it started off with belts. It started off with like twigs and trees. It started off with like just a bunch of random stuff in the house, and then it got to just, oh y'all old enough, you know? And she would give us that old one, two, three, six, nigga. You sleep, boy, ko. You wouldn't swing back. I would never dare to swing back at my mom. But she would do that, boy. Like I said, send us to the demon realm. You know, insidious and shit, all that black. Boy, that's all I seen. Quick. I hear, all I hear is doom, doom. I hear two hits, but apparently she hit me seven times. You know, I was asleep after the second hit. That's how hard she hit. So imagine that. And she hitting you on the way down. So it's keeping you knocked out. You know what? I mean, you probably wake up from the, like the fourth hit. But then that fifth, sixth, and seventh, boy, put your eyes right back in that demon realm. You know, astral project us force, forcefully. You know, she was in the uh, Ripley's, believe it or not, for her stories about how she knocked niggas out. You know, and, you know, back in the day, she would, uh, you probably heard this in my old podcast, she would fight, when, you know, one of us in her hand, you know, it'd be my little sister or one of us, she would fight and really beat up women. I've seen videos with one hand. You know, we got heavy hands around here, and that's that's how we get around. We probably ain't got enough, a lot of strength in the shoulders, but if these hands hit you, boy, it's a problem, you know, ER visit, boy, you might have to take the ambulance because they're an average person not going to be driving fast enough to get through that, to get you to help, you know, I, I hit you one time, boy, you, t- let's just say you're going to be a Benjamin Button nigga, start aging backwards, that's how hard I hit, I end a whole saga in the anime, one punch, done, you know, so that's, you know, that's where I got my power from, she would, uh, she would uh beat the fuck out of us for not doing stuff we're not supposed we're supposed to do, and a lot of these kids didn't grow up with that, and you know it really shows. I feel like um, some of my uh, girlfriend friends just need a good ass whooping, or uh, I would always say, I would always say you know this is when I was in my hating days when I hate on niggas like oh yeah that nigga oh yeah, but you know. I didn't know that they wasn't working for this shit. You know, people pull up with Mustangs at the school. That's my favorite car. So, you know, oh, yeah, I'm going to rob this nigga. He about to get it. Always hating on niggas. I just didn't like niggas because they had stuff. That's just how it was. 
you know, going from poor to a rich school when everybody have everything you want. Nigga, we didn't have we were sharing phones freshman sophomore year. Sharing one phone, bro. So if I get nudies, my brothers got nudies, boy. If I sent a nudie, they seen it too, bruh. Like, you know what I mean? I'll leave it in the picture. It was just a bonding thing, you know? And but also it was kinda like, damn, we can't even talk to girls at the same time and on our own time, you know. Just it just became a problem. So I seen it, you know, everybody had their own phones, always flexing with the fucking blackberries and sidekicks and and razors and shit. And we never had any of that. So I started stealing, boy. Stole my first iPod. Stole my first PSP. Boy, if you had it, I wanted it, boy. You know? And I'm not proud of that. But, I mean, it shit. Made me happy back in the day. It maybe didn't make me happy, but it made me feel a little secure about what I didn't have. Uh, you know, but, you know, a little... Let her let my mom make a little bit more money, and then we were in a way better position until we moved and had to start this shit all over again, which was trash doo doo. But like I said, moving moving from to Clovis from Fresno, and then moving from Fresno to Madeira, moving from Clovis to Madeira really helped me out because I was out there alone, couldn't do anything, went to school and worked to you know fill that time in that you know with friends, and then Clovis High actually let me go to prom with my class, with one of the girls from my class, because, you know, they felt bad for us, you know, I told them the whole situation, they let me go, so senior year was just more of uh, working and building and becoming a better person, an independent person, getting ready for college and getting ready to live on my own and do all this stuff, which I think that, that helped out a lot, but a lot of people don't get that push, and a lot of people don't get those opportunities to be a better person. A lot of people get the opportunities where they can just go past all of that. Everything that I learned in that two years, they can just, just you know, white people have that, you know, that step, you know, that white man step. Whoop! 20 years. What's going to take you 20 years to achieve? I just did that shit in two two minutes with a tactical. You know, I just cried in front of my dad and made him feel bad for me and he gave me my own business. You know, those type of steps. A lot of people didn't take those steps, didn't have to, you know, they didn't feel that that step back. Or, you know, you take four steps up, you take eight, eight steps back. I've been going through that up and down for years. And I'm finally on a steady pace forward, you know. I know what to do. I know how to manage or at least try to manage my money, uh, you know, and pay bills and do my hobbies and be a social person with my friends, socializing and all this stuff. And, you know, I'm learning to be a better independent, but also I have a, a girlfriend now. And so it's not really too independent, but it is, you know, uh, she doesn't, I mean, we pay our own bills, you know, independently pay our own bills. I mean, it's, I mean, you can still be in a relationship and still be independent. I don't, pay for Sarah's gas, I pay for my own gas, she pays for hers, pays for her own, whatever bills she has, her credit cards, whatever she pays for that, pay my own phone bill, all the stuff that I need to survive, or, you know, that I feel like I deserve, because I don't need it to survive, 
But I feel like I deserve this. I deserve a phone to contact my friends, to contact family, contact, you know, people in Jamaica, anywhere I want to contact, you know. And it's also where I get my news. So I don't need to give you a fucking reason on why I deserve these things. So get out of my face with all that bullshit, my dude. But, um... Yeah, so look, the podcast is going to be a little different. We got some segments, man. So we're going to go into the news. And I have like a little little intro I was, uh, you know, using. I don't know, it's a little sound or something. I'm going to use when we, you know, transfer over or maneuver over or transition over to a different segment. Yeah, a different segment. So we're going to get back into this talk. Maybe I'll do a part two because I want to I want to interview Fernando again and a couple of my friends about being independent. So, yeah, let's get into the news. Hello and welcome to the segment I like to call the snooze news. Um, it's going to be a new segment that I do when we talk about the top three things I heard about in the news today. Uh, it's going to be whatever shit that's not really affecting the world, but it's stuff I would like to talk about. So, yeah, let's get right into it. Welcome to the... I got... I got... I got... I got... Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the snooze news. Sorry, I'm going to say it like that. Snooze news. But no, the first thing I've seen in the news today and I want to talk about is, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, so we just call him Gronk. You know, his, his name's Rob Gronkowski, and he's retired from the new, well, from the, he played for the New England Patriots. And he's retiring at 29 from the NFL. Retiring at 29. Let that sink in. Some of us haven't even hit 29 yet. We're about to in a few years. But do you think we're going to be retired at 29? No, we're going to be barely starting our careers at 29. Barely making enough money. We're not. We're definitely not making enough money to think about retiring in the next year, at twenty nine. Not even thirty, forty. We're retiring at probably sixty five. And he's retiring at twenty nine. Wow. Who the fuck does this guy think he is? I mean, he's decent. He's a decent player. He's not like nothing crazy. He's not a LeBron. You know what I mean, he's on a level of like. Uh, you know, you know the guy that uh, wipes up the sweat of the basketball players when they're done. He's on like that level right now. You know what I mean? He wasn't nothing spectacular or nothing like crazy. But when you seen him, you like, hey, I like that dude. He's cool. He parties. <sighs> yes, yeah, it's, it's wild that he's retiring. I would love to. I would have loved to see him on the Eagles. You know, helping us out over there. Get us a ring, buddy. How about that? That's your new challenge. Instead of going to retirement, how about you try to give the Eagles two more rings, three more rings, maybe six, maybe five, you know? You're wasting your body away, bro. What the fuck are you doing? Give me your body. If you're going to retire right now, just give me your body. You can have mine, and I'm going to put it to better use, you know? 
But, I mean, congratulations, Gronk. You actually, one of my, when I build a team on uh, Madden, I always put him on my team. He's one of those dudes, you just can't hate him, actually. He uh, he was a party boy, a little fraternity dude. Same thing as his brothers. And, um, you know, he took that party life into the NFL and took advantage of it and became a really cool dude. Actually, he's really relatable outside of uh, the NFL. Uh, and, you know, outside of the field, he's actually, I've seen a lot of interviews with him and, you know, what he does with his charities and, and uh, all this stuff. He seems like a really cool dude, just loves to party. But, uh, yeah, so congratulations to him. You know, he can, I don't know if he has any kids or anything or a wife or something, but yeah, man, enjoy that retirement. Even if it is maybe temporary, enjoy that, man. That's cool. I mean, makes the rest of us really jealous. So, uh, the second thing I, uh, I seen on the internet today was, uh, the Lonzo Ball severe, uh, you know, he, I think he's done with the BB, uh, the BBB, the big brother brand his dad started, I guess, uh, some money came on missing and not just some money, like $20 or $50 or $150, two hundred, five hundred $500, $10,000, $50,000, $75,000, $150,000, $250,000, $250,000, $300,000, $250,000, $250,000, $250,000, $250,000, $250,000, $250,000, $250,000, $250,000, $250,000, $250,000, $250,000, $250,000, $250
And uh, news number three that I seen today on social media, they uh they have a Dora Explorer movie coming out. It's called Dora in the Lost City of Gold. I mean, the cast is kind of whatever. It's actually a big whatever for Diego's character. Because he's played by, like, this tall, skinny dude. I was expecting Diego to be played by fucking Taylor Lautner or fucking some handsome-ass, muscly dude. You know what I mean? With wavy hair and Mexican. I don't know a lot of Mexican, young, buff Mexican actors, males. But I think they could have did a way better job. They were kind of rushed this shit. Because he's scared. From the trailer, from what I see, he looks like he's afraid of the jungle. But Diego, I grew up with, boy, that nigga was, you know, he, I think he had a fucking uh, panther or jaguar as his pet, bro. Like, she had boots and he had a fucking jaguar or something. Um, they kind of, you know, they kind of fucked that up. Uh, you know, the, the lead cast is Isabella Moner. Uh I don't know. I've seen her from some other shit, but uh, probably nothing important. They got Michael Pinna. He's from... Uh, uh, Ant-Man, the the comedic relief, the guy that, you know, he was telling the story, he's like, is that true serum? No, I, no, I don't believe in true serum. You know, that, that dude. They also have, uh, I don't really know that. Oh, they got Danny Trejo. He's playing Boots. What's up? What's up? Oh, they got it. I mean, it's a decent cast, but I feel like they could have done a lot better. Trailer looks cool. Nickelodeon, congrats on finally doing something. But also, I feel like it's not going to be the door that we grew up with, man. You have this fucking 17-year-old girl going on adventures, getting kidnapped at schools, whatever. It didn't really look interesting at all. It looks like it's made for the kids that don't know anything about door. It's not going to teach me anything about Spanish. It's not going to do anything that the old door did. So that kind of scares me. Even Diego's a little scary fucking nerdy bitch. What the fuck? Diego was a man, boy. You know, uh, he's he's a son that Steve Irvin wish he had. What's his name? Steve Irvin? The guy that died? Yeah, I think that's his name. He got stung by a stingray. Yeah, that's the dude. Irwin. Steve Irwin. Yeah. That's that's the son he wish he had. Diego from the from the cartoon Dora, you know? He's a that, that that wild boy swinging in, he'd come in, you know the intro of his uh his show. He'd come in on a fucking vine. What's up? And swing that shit across town, boy. One good swoop. That's the Diego I know. This Diego, fuck him. He probably doesn't even know Spanish, bro. He's a fucking imposter. Has no muscles. Built like a pencil. You know. Uh, you know, if he falls on the ground and you drop some pencils, then you'll probably just lose him. You know, just reaching around, grab his arm. You think it's a pencil, start riding with it. Yeah, it just, it just doesn't fit the character. I mean, Dora is cool. She's a cool actor, I guess. She just All you really have to do to look like Dora is cut your hair to your neck. You know, a little bit above your shoulders and put on a pink shirt and a fucking purple backpack. You look like Dora. That's exactly what she did on here. She literally did that. Um, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to bash these people. Let them make their money. Hey, congratulations on a movie, man. I hope it does welly. Um, let's see what's actually, let's see the other cast.
let's see who else is on this cast that I might know. Nope, I know no one. So this is the end of the snooze news. Catch you guys next week with, uh, I don't even know how I'm going to close this out, but I'll write something. But yeah, peace. Getting back to the regular podcast right about Welcome back from that uh, extra segment that I introduced you guys to, and I hope that you like, because if you don't like, I will have to kill someone. Um, but yeah, that's just something I wanted to try out. Uh, hopefully I get a little bit better at that transition and uh, a little bit more organized with how I do uh, the news. Um, I didn't do any cuts or anything. I just kind of just went all in instead of just separating all of the topics but that was the first try i just wanted to see how it sound whatever so uh let's get back into the topic of independent being independent a like i said if you don't pay for your own phone bill i don't want to hear anything from you that's not independent you know Don't make fun of other people for what they don't have if you don't even do what you have. If you uh, if you don't um, practice what you preach, um, if you don't have what you claim, if you don't own what you claim, if you don't if you don't uh, if you're not. if um you don't have what you if you don't own what you have if you didn't work hard for what you have if you didn't achieve something to give you what you have just don't make fun of the people that's in a less you know in in a shittier situation than you and you never know what's going on in that a lot of people um you know, nowadays you just make you just make fun of anybody for anything. You know, you don't you, you never know what their situation is. You know, you see somebody with some fucked up shoes. And you don't know that, uh, you know, he was just uh, running from someone that was trying to rape him. Now his shoes fucked up. And you just laughing at him. You know, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of examples of people judging people before understanding the situation. You know, you know, understand that situation. And like I said before, a lot of people believe that you make these choices in your life to be in these situations. A lot of rich people believe that. You know, Donald Trump believes that. You know, only certain people should be, will be rich. Only certain people are rich because of, you know, it's a gene, nigga. Like, what? You know, it's wild that people think that way. And some people just got lucky and they, yet, you know, they, they still... Uh, be little people that has less than them. It's wild. I would never. I have a you know a, a coworker, whatever. I'm not gonna tell you when and what time, but it was a coworker at one point. He was a white dude. And he literally like. Uh, he just compared everything or tried to correct you for so much. But then you know, some just told me after like 
weeks and weeks of him just bullshitting or trying to correct me or whatever, I started to look up the things he said, and there most of the shit that he he would say or anything were just rumors. He would just hear them from fucking social media, and um, you know, and one day we would you know we would drive to drive to work. I mean, drive to lunch on work, and we would just take my car or whatever. And he just has a problem with homeless people. And where we work, uh, where we used to work or wherever, there's a uh, a lot of homeless people in the area. And next to a McDonald's and a Taco Bell and stuff over there, you know. And I always give always give them money. I always give them change that I have in the side of my door. Whatever, it's not hurting me, you know. And I always, you know, not even looking for good karma or anything. I just feel like. You never know what the situation is with these people. And I could have been in the same situation. Pretty much was in the same situation, just not to the point where I didn't have a place to stay or some money in my pocket. So I just feel bad because you never know that that fucking, you know, extra dollar that you give them or anything could be the next step of them, you know, in, you know, um, improving their lives. You know, to give him that extra dollar? What if that was the last bit of tax that he needed to buy that suit to go to an interview? Or to, you know, support his family? Or to support his hobby? Or, you know, even his his fucking addiction? You know what I mean? Like, what if he was five minutes away from about to die? I support. If you're going to do it, I'll give you the money. Do it. Do what you want with it, you know? It's on your well, if I probably helped a couple homeless people kill themselves or overdose or something, but I mean it's not I, I don't I don't carry that guilt because I gave them money for a good intention, not to kill them, you know I gave it to be a helpful person. You never know, I, I can you never know situations. That's why I can't be quick to judge someone for the situation or to talk shit about someone because of the situation, you know he. My coworker believed that homeless people are there for fun, pretty much. You know, like they they're just on their own time, and he doesn't believe in helping them. And when I gave him money, he said, "Why'd you do that?" So, nigga, I was homeless once. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like they they it's not like they they don't deserve it, but I'm gonna give it to him just to help out, just to be that good person. And he's just like, "Well, it's good. Panhandling is gonna be illegal soon." What? And you're happy about that? That's fucking stupid, bro. Get out of here. You know, and just those type of people. I just hate to be around people like that. That's always putting other people down for the situation that they're in. I'm probably repeating myself, repeating myself. But fuck it. You got to, I mean, this is, this needs to be said. You're not, look, we're all human beings. We're all going to die. So fucking be nice. What's the, what's the point of being a shitty person your whole life? Jesus. Being a shitty person your whole fucking life. Not even one minute. Maybe in your innocence, you know, when, you know, around under 10 where you can't really be blamed for what you did. But after that. Bro, you you have a choice to be a shitty person or to be a good person, and a lot of people just surprisingly like a lot of people be a sh- shitty people, bro. They don't want to help anyone out. They believe that all the money that they have in their pocket 
it only belongs to them. They shouldn't share it. They don't lend it to no one. They don't help people out. But then they talk shit about the broke or someone that's less fortunate than them. And I think that's kind of fucked up. I would never let anyone talk down to me. I start off as a joke. But if they keep going and I feel like they mean it, I'll call them out. Any man, any male that's acting super, uh, that's acting super, uh, fucking bloaty or, you know, cocky or any of that, bruh, in front of me or towards me, I'm calling them out. I'm calling them out. I'm not afraid to fight no dude. Shit, if, hey, if you think you're a better person to me or because you have money, let's see what fucking the streets taught you, bruh. Let's get down like how we got down. We didn't talk, bro. It was straight up just throwing fists. And that's how you learn your lesson about someone. You learn not to talk shit about that person. You know, back in the day, when I was, you know, younger, if someone talked shit about you and one of your homies heard it and they told you and told you about it, it's, you know, it's your manly duty to go confront that person. If if I hear I'm I'm I don't I don't condone bullying, but I you know I I take some jokes, but jokes can only go certain to a certain extent where it's not a joke anymore. Now you're just making fun of that person, and it's not a joke anymore. And I can you know I I can determine when that is. You know after the fourth fifth time, you know someone that same person making that same joke about you, and it's you know. Over a matter of years, then you, you know, you, you just kind of catch, or a matter of weeks or months, you kind of catch on, like, oh, this nigga's probably really starting to mean it. Then you, you know, ask somebody, oh, why is this dude always saying this? Oh, because he thinks that you, you know, and then that's when it's like, oh, yeah, now you got to confront that person. I've done that to a lot of, you know, stuck up people, and a lot of them back down, just calling them out, too. They didn't have to be physical. Call them out in front of them. Test their nuts. You know what I mean? You know, really put them in embarrassment. Embarrass their ass. I'll roast them. See, I'd I, I much rather roast your ass now in front of people. Especially if you with your significant other. I'll roast the fuck out of you, bro. To where if you don't want to... To where you would pretty much have to fight me at that, at that point, you know? I'll get there. But I'm just, just lately I've just been too nice. I mean, I really haven't had a problem with people because I only pretty much hang out with my friends. And I don't really have any friends in my friends group that fuck friends that um, just really just get on my nerves. I, I've been knowing these guys for over 10 years. So I know who they are, how they're going to respond, what to say, what are my boundaries and everything with these people. But there's just some people that are kind of your friends, but not really your friends that just... Poking, 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 And sometimes you just got to fucking beat the shit out of them, boy. Bloody up some knuckles, my dude. Knock some teeth out. Take a punch to the eye, bro. That give you motivation to just beat someone to death, bro. You ever got punched in the fucking eye? You can hear the little squeak, like a little fucking mushy, like, you know, getting fucking punched in the Get punched in the eye one time. You understand that feeling, and I bet you won't never want to feel that feeling again. So you will beat that person to death. I'm talking about Hulk smash, both fists to the chest. Both those fists to the chest. Pounding, bro. You get that energy. Testosterone feels good, bro. It's a natural thing. 
you know, just get aped up. You're not even speaking words at this point. Growling and shit. You know, testosterone will do that to you. Fighting is cool. It's in our blood. It's meant to happen. Defending ourselves. But, like I said, you can go the other route, too, which I've been, uh, you know, rather just fucking hurt your feelings than to hurt you physically. But that's just how I feel about people that boast all the time. I make fun of it. Like, the whole AirPod, get, like, joke and shit, that's just funny to me because there's people actually... I don't even feel comfortable wearing my AirPods in public because it's like a flex. I can't even buy... I, I really don't feel comfortable, per, you know, wearing them out in public because I feel like I'm flexing, you know? People always got to make comments and all this bullshit. So I feel like one of those people I hate with the ones, you know, but I like to hang, I also like to hang out with those people that put people down because it's just, you literally just roast them the entire time. I'm high as fuck. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I started off not high. I hit the pan a couple of times on the low key, on the lowest key, but fuck, I'm, I'm, <laughs> Sitting in this fucking room, just fucking recording and a, a podcast that no one's gonna listen to. What the fuck am I doing? Oh my life. No, but look. If I haven't told you this before, if you haven't heard it, the Endless Weekend podcast is available on all platforms, you know, including uh, Spotify, Google Play. So if you got Android and you don't even use iPhone, which I, you know, I don't really fuck with people that don't use iPhone. If you got the Androidy or whatever the fuck y'all call it over there, uh, the butt plug, the vibrator, whatever. If you got one of those phones that, you know, the quality is kind of shitty on Snapchat. Don't add me on Snapchat, but you can listen to my podcast and that shitty quality. You know, it's all like fuzzy and crackling and shit. You can you can do that on your shitty ass Android. Listen to it on my on the Android. I, you know what I mean. Um, support and leave the likes. And have you motherfuckers? I don't know. I haven't been checking, but I don't know if you guys are liking my shit or not on iTunes. I'm gonna need all you motherfuckers to go. Wherever you listen to podcasts and give it a thumbs up and share it with your mom, your sister, uncle, and cat, nigga, whoever got a pro, you can make an email and listen to podcasts, do it. Support your boy and I'll support you. Actually, I'm looking for people to interview for the podcast. So if you're interested, let me know, boy. I mean, look, I don't really have to shout out any of my social media, but I mean, you can find me on Instagram at Endless Weekend Podcast. Same thing with Facebook. Same thing with Twitter. Actually, my Twitter is at Rondrick Vaughn. R-O-N-D-R-I-C-K-V-O-N. Hit me up on there. And uh, if you want to be on the podcast, let me know, my nigga. We will talk about it. I want everybody. If you a fitness, comedian, a loser, pedophile, maybe not pedophile, but you know, you kind of like 
people like if you lived in Vegas and a girl was seventeen that's legal and you like it you like her because of that then I mean that's not really you're not really a pedophile but you can I mean if you want to be on it then be on it as long as you're not fucking someone like you know that's sixteen or fifteen or something don't don't do that I don't want to talk to you you want to you should burn in hell but I mean if it's legal in your state and you know the state's cool with it you guys are dating legally out in public if she's seventeen you twenty eight or 29, or whatever, it's legal, then, hey, I can interview you for the podcast, let's talk about that weird-ass relationship you're in, um, cheerleaders, models, Instagram models, Facebook models, Twitter models, Snapchat model, Vine models, MySpace models, internet models, real models, Kylie Jenner, Kendall Jenner, not the weird Jenner, but all you, you know, anything, nerd, faggot, you know, anything, anyone that want to be on a podcast, let me know. We'll just talk. Let's have a good conversation. Let's get to know each other. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. And we are available on all platforms you can listen to podcasts on. Yes. So, uh, okay, goodbye, babe. Thank you guys for listening. This is the end of the Endless Weekend podcast. Not the end end, but like the end of this this episode. So uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week for another episode. And hopefully I'll have a guest. Um, yeah, hopefully I have someone. I wanna, I, I, I'm not getting tired of talking to myself, but I would love to have someone to talk to. So uh, yeah, the Endless Weekend podcast is available on all platforms that podcasts are available on search it up in this weekend podcast like share and support your boy thank you for listening in this weekend podcast